Hello, and welcome to Save the Track Bike, the reboot. We're back. I'm Josh, and I'm here with my new new co-host. Hi, I'm Chris. Uh, yeah, the new co-host for Save the Track Bike. Really excited to work together on this one, and yeah, let's try and reignite that fixed gear flame again, I guess. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stoked that uh, you're here and that the podcast is back, and I've been missing it so much. I wanted kind of this first episode back to be a little introduction into who you are and what the podcast will look like in the future. Um, but for now, we have a new segment on, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking Sorcery Session IPA. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that in the camera there. <laughs> Say that again? It's called so- It's called Sorcery Session IPA. Oh, nice. It's a little, it's a local brewery down here in London. And uh, yeah, it's a, a, where is the, I think it's a 6.4%. So it's pretty, it's pretty out there. So it might get a bit spacey later. (laughs) I have a um, Stillwater Extra Dry. It's a sake style Saison um, from a brewery based out of Connecticut here in the U.S. um, called Stillwater. That's probably my favorite brewery they're always doing wild beers one of my favorites they did is a hopped ipa which is killer that's awesome or, sorry not a hopped, sorry not it. a it's not a hopped ipa it's a hopped sour it's really good because all ipas we, are hopped <laughs> we need to do a beer swap i'll send you a six pack and you send me one okay yeah i'm into it let's do it um so since we since I last did the podcast was probably like a year and a half ago, I have moved from Denver, Colorado to Omaha, Nebraska, which some may consider a step down, but there's <laughs> there's a surprisingly amount of really great breweries here and a lot of really good cycling here. So yeah, that's a little update on my life. I am working in public radio now. I um haven't had a track bike since i moved to omaha until a couple weeks ago i was just missing it way too much and i got one now so i'm riding a state black label um so that's a little update on me for everybody you know it's been a while since i've done this uh but i say let's just jump in and like we're gonna treat this episode like an interview for chris so everybody can uh get to know him get to know you chris so Let's jump yes, into it. sounds great. First off, um, who are you? Where are you from? Uh, and how did you get into bikes? Okay, well, yeah, as, as you say, my name's Chris. Originally from Manchester in the UK. Um, come from, like, the music scene mostly. Um, used to tour in bands a lot. I say tour very loosely. Play some shows in not my city. <laughs> if you class that as a talk. <laughs> um, but yeah, then moved out to Australia for a while, met my wife there, and since then I've moved to, I lived in Berlin for a year and a half, and now we're back in the UK, back in London. So so yeah, a bit of a swings and roundabouts. And I originally first got into track bike just by accident because I was working for Apple for a long time, um, and I just needed to get to work and I couldn't afford the bus. I think I found something on Gumtree. It was like a size 63 frame. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> uh, and it was a fixed gear. And I was like, oh, I don't care. If it, oh, the fix, they must have fixed the gears. So that's fine. I, I'm happy with that. I don't have to service it. <laughs> um, 
yeah, then come to realize that the, the bike doesn't stop. So I rode that for like a couple of months. And I think I was at the, um, I think I got my groceries and I came back to my bike that was locked up and it had a spoke card in it. It was like 0161, which is a play on the Manchester area code 0161. It was like fixed gear me up on Wednesdays at, at this special bar. And I was like, oh, I know that bar. I'll go and have a few beers and speak some people. And then I show up on my rusty rally single speed conversion thing with which is like four or five sizes way too big for me um and everyone's like everyone was rocking what i know now to be like the chinelli mashes histograms and lux and all sorts of bikes and i was like okay this is this is my life now and i think i dumped the bike like three days later and got a langster as my first proper track bike oh nice and that was it rest is history i think that was a that's got to be pushing 10 years ago now i think and that was the start of this uh the way my life went from there on it was bikes 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 yeah so we have a couple of things in common just i also used to be in a hardcore band that toured and and all that kind of stuff and then um i yeah i kind of got into track bikes in a similar way where it was i kind of wanted to get a bike for commuting and those just seemed like the most simple, cool ones to get. And it was right around the time in 2000, probably 2008, 2009, when everyone was getting into them. Um, and we're also both vegan, so that's cool too. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, I felt like when I first got into the fixed gear, when I first got like um, like the rally bike, and I first went to these like meetings, there was a couple of them, but they always spoke about the golden times and of the nineties and stuff like that. And I didn't really know what they quite meant, but when I went to do my research and I came across like, you know, the Mac, obviously everyone comes across Macaframa or yeah. the original <laughs> Mac. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yo, this is sick. It's like skateboarding, but it doesn't hurt your ankles as much. It just breaks your knees instead. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I go and hang out with these like older guys. One of them, we called him the Cog Father back then. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> His name was uh, Craig Nasty, and a bunch like um, I think among like the older fixed people or um, bicycle messengers. I think his name has some weight behind it. Um, so like I've, I met him a few times and became like my uh, cycling dad, if you like. So when I well, had the spe- I had my specialized for a while, and then I walked into like. There's like a chain shop here called Evan Cycles. It's the worst bike shop in the world. It's just like Walmart for bikes. It's awful. But anyway, I walked into this particular one and they had like a look ALP 464, the black and white one. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap, that is so nice. And right next to it, they had the Chinelli Mash histogram. And I was like torn between which one to go for. So I called up this Craig Nasty guy and he came through. And, he, and ever since that day, he's helped me to this day. I've got another story about him actually coming up it gets interesting um yeah he was like we were talking about geometry i was like what the hell is geometry and all this stuff i, I didn't knew nothing at all um but anyway we ended up going with the look and he helped me build it until i crashed it as again this is gonna all relate later <laughs> um but yeah but, but but he was always talking about the golden days of the 90s early 2000s um and it's not until recently like maybe the last year or two there's a big massive boom in fixing a culture up in manchester especially with these boys um and girls uh they're called cranks cranks mcr and they're basically what were a bunch of delivery messengers and steward messages from what i can 
from what I can gather. And they've just come off from like BMX culture and mountain biking, and they're all like shredding in the woods on fixed gears now. And it's like a big, big boom, and it's awesome. The guys are really, they're really, really cool. I really like them. So, yeah, that's interesting to hear because I we were talking a little bit yesterday, and that I think that the fixed gear scene in the U.S. and I don't know if it's the U.S. broadly, but um, it seems to almost have died in a way or not to be like a thing and which I completely understand. I think that maybe it's like partly here, just people are still riding fixed gears, but it's not like the it's thing. It's not like a social thing. Yeah. And it could just be because I moved or it could be because, you know, I was never on the coasts in the U S you know, like even in Denver, yeah. the fixed gear scene was always pretty small. Um, but it seems right now like that gravel is the most dominant force right now, and and that's kind of the alternative cycling people are into. And I get it. I live in Nebraska now. There's a lot of gravel here. There's a lot of farm roads. But after a year of not having a track bike, like I, it's just killed me. And, and it's good to be <laughs> it's good to be back on it. And part of it is I met so I met a friend here in Omaha. He actually bought a bike from me on Craigslist. Turns out he was also from Colorado and he also rides track bikes and road bikes. And so we've been, that was part of the reason why I got a track bike. I was like, Oh, there's somebody to ride with now. <laughs> and yeah, now I'm, al- I'm already finding more people here in Nebraska that also uh, ride track bikes that I'm trying to connect with. So it's cool. See, like, the track bike culture for me is how I've been meeting a lot of my friends. Like, when I left Manchester and moved out to Melbourne, Australia, the first thing I did was like track down like a fixed gear forum for Australia. I found one pretty easily. And it turns out Melbourne is like the central hub of Australia for track riders. Like there's a few crews out there. One of the biggest ones being like the FTW crew, Forever Two Wheels crew. Um, originally from Perth, but kind of situated in both Perth and Melbourne now. Um, I've got really good friends with the owner of that, Derek. When I moved out there and I found this particular group, before I moved out there, I, I crashed my luck. I bent it in half, like it, it was totaled. So I was like searching for a brand new bike or, or a bike out there. And I come across a KHS Aerotrack, the, the orange one. And someone was selling it fully built for like $500 Australian, which is like a pack of peanuts to me. <laughs> uh, when, you, when you convert uh, uh, English money, I was like, done uh, i need that bike plus it's a sick one from the 90s um i was with my mate when i was buying it i was with my mate craig nasty back in manchester because i was i was like it's my last hoorah with him i was like look i just bought this sick bike out in melbourne he was like yo take a look he was like i had a khs hour track when i lived out in perth i was like no way he was like in fact that looks exactly like the one i had he's like (laughs) zooming on the zooming on the stickers on on the down tree it was like He's like, holy shit, that is my bike from when I was a messenger out in Perth. I was like, that is <laughs> insane. Because I knew it because he had like all of the CMWC stickers on it from like Philadelphia and Denver and or, or wherever else it was. Um, and it turns out the guy I was buying it from was like a rookie messenger in Perth when he was like OG. And this bike just come full circle. I'm curious what your favorite bike has been that you've had. Oh man, I've got so many at the moment. I've got I've got the Chinelli Mash steel frame, like the second version in the smoke color. Oh. I think that's definitely one of my favorites as far as um like geometry and steel goes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm jealous re- of that bike. 
<laughs> I wish I would have grabbed one of those, but I didn't. Um, yeah, I'm really lucky. I got it half price as well, like off a, off a weird website. But oh, anyway, nice. yeah, you know, the weird websites. No, but I think my my, my current favorite one is definitely 100% the, the, the BMW, the Brooklyn Machine Works. Yeah. Like, it's just so much fun. Yeah. My buddy Dustin had one of those back in the day, like back in like 2009, 2010, somewhere around then, one of the orange ones. Yeah, yeah. And I used to be super jealous of that bike. I think at the time I was still, like, he was, like, buying all these bikes, and I was still riding my Mercier Kilo TT, <laughs> like, off Bikes Direct. Um, and, but I think my favorite bike was, I had the the first all-city big block, the maroon one, like, the complete Oh, yeah, yeah. I had that, and I wish I didn't sell that. That's, like, one of those bikes that I sold, and I wish I would have kept we don't see too many all cities in the UK. I think I've seen a couple, um, but they do a bike, which is totally off topic of fixed gear, but the log lady, like the hard pedal, yeah, yeah. like that thing is, looks insane. Yeah. But I, I would love one of them. I really, I really want one of those. I finally got the, as far as like road bikes go, I finally found, uh, the pros closet put a all city, Mr. Pink, the 2016 model with, it was the last one they did with the steel fork, and it was the only one they did that was actually pink. And it's like no the, it's kind of the ripoff of the uh, not ripoff, but the tribute of the Eddie Merckx like pink to white paint job. And then I think I'm gonna take my time and build up an all city track bike because I love the the big block. I want to build one up that's like kind of like track lacrosse style, like 32C cycle cross tires. Um, you know, it's all steel like big wide bars on it you see i absolutely love the the look and feel of a track lacrosse bike but i'm not very good at it second i go off road i'm just like well i might as well just stay in the mud because i <laughs> swear <laughs> seem to be seem to spend the most time so yeah um, I, I need to get better at it to be honest i will say i think that i i get the i get the attraction to gravel i understand it and i also am you know, I think it it's super fun, but I like riding on paved roads better. You know, me too. I like, like I like putting my head down and just pedaling and like and going fast and carving down paved roads and feeling the cornering and stuff. Like, you know, dirt's a whole different animal. I I totally agree. I was I did a little bit of riding just last night, just just around my area and. Because I haven't, I haven't been riding at all in the last, say, two or three months properly. Um, I just needed a shred last night. I went out, yeah, like you say, you can't, you can't beat the corners of like some nice roads and stuff. There's some really good routes around here, um, around London. I'm still exploring it. I live in this one section, and I've got a few friends that live in London. They're like, "Oh, Chris, come meet us in Richmond." I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll meet in Manchester." That. If someone says meet you, you'd be there in like twenty minutes, no matter where you're from. But in London, it takes like two hours. Like seriously, it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, well, I guess I just won't see you because it's just too far away. Like, I don't know if you know the the YouTuber Francis Cade. Uh huh. Yeah, he's, he's like um, I've I've known him for quite a while now. We've done some stuff together, a lot of the rad race stuff, and kind of did some work with him. Or I kind of directed him at some point with some stuff and um, I've been trying to tee up with him a ride all year and we still haven't managed to tee it up because he just lives so far away. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, <laughs> we got to get him on the podcast to talk about his Red Hook experience. Oh yeah, Mister snapped his both of his hands, didn't he? Yeah, like, two two elbows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's got a, he's got a great story about that. Actually, I should I won't, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's the, how he got, how he his turn of events after he, the second he broke his elbows is really interesting. What happened to him over there in New York? I'll keep I keep that for the future because I'm sure he'd love to be on the podcast. So cool, yeah. Um, so with that, I, I'm curious. I want to get into a little bit of the cycling that you're into now and if you have much of a history of racing or, or what what attracts you most to fixed gear. Is it the crits and stuff or is it just being in the streets and doing crazy stuff? To, to me, it's the streets and the culture and I find it very similar to like punk rock, DIY, skateboard culture, to be honest. So the way I've experienced it, like for example, I flew out to Chicago two years ago. Again, same story as Melbourne, just like found the Chicago track page. No word of a lie, this actually happened. I was on the plane, just landed, found this, found the Chicago page. I was like, yo, does anyone want to, want to shred tonight? Whatever. I'm staying at this hotel. And I got I got to the hotel. I was in my room. Put my I had my parallax with me at the time, the black and white one. I put it together, and my tires were flat. And I was like, damn, I need to go and find a, uh, a thingy. Anyway, someone hit me back up on my thread, and they were like, yo, we're just outside, just near the lobby. Um let's go ride. I was like, oh, okay, sick. So someone's like, wait outside me. They'll know where a track pump is as well. And I was looking through it. It was dark as we were looking out and it was just like blinking lights. Everywhere. I was like, oh, that's a lot of bikes, mate. No word of a lie. There would have been 30, 40 riders just come out to come and greet me in Chicago. Like some of the scariest, biggest guys I've ever seen in my life. And just like <laughs> threw, threw a beer in my hand. It was like, drink. It was like, okay, it's one of these kind of rides, is it? And we just like shredded through the city. Oh no, the first time they took me to like a garage and we got my air in the tire. And they, and they did, and they knew it was like, yeah, we know that you're vegan. We found this like sick vegan pizza spot. It's like 10 miles out. So we're just going to alley cat shred style to this vegan pizza spot. And we did. And one of the best weekends I ever had. That's amazing. Um, Chicago, yeah, has that, the, Chicago has the vegan food on lock. I reckon. But yeah, that's that's the reason why I love fixed gear so much because like, no matter where I go in the world or anyone, if you're into fixed gear, you've got a couch to sleep on or you've got someone to ride with. And it's a bit different from like, I do I do a lot of road bike rides, but I ride with a couple of local group, crews here. They won't even speak to you. You go on like a training ride or afterwards having coffee, people just go, oh yeah, I put down like 7,000 watts that ride. <laughs> I'm like... I'm like, oh, that's so cool, mate. Really nice to hear about Watts. <laughs> I'm happy that like most of the people that I've ridden with, even if they are into tracking all their Watts and all that stuff and they are doing structured training, they're still really cool outside of that. And it's still like, you know, you got like a bike with uh, Tiagra on it or, or like 105 or whatever, like, and you're riding an all-steel bike, like, that's cool you know you'll still come ride with yeah. us you know if we're faster if we're faster on the hills than you are we'll wait for you at the top like and we're all gonna hang out like i feel fortunate that i've found that and i'm finding that in nebraska too because i think the cycling culture here is so much smaller yeah um the town i live in is very much a car town i feel really fortunate there's a lot of vegan spots here there's a lot of like you know, there's this dude, Mick, he used to be in a hardcore band, a vegan straight edge hardcore band. And like, he has like a vegan fast food shop here. 
Um, was his favorite band Earth Crisis then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I just made him a video for his Instagram, and uh, he wanted an Earth Crisis song in it. So, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so definitely that culture, uh, but you know, it's here and it's and it's everywhere, and it's rad when you find people that are into bikes uh, similarly. Um, and I feel like when you find people that were into track bikes, like it's even more immediate camaraderie. Like even if you're like riding road bikes more now, or you're riding gravel more now, if you come from track bikes, there's like an immediate bond. No, exactly. It's like, I think everyone that's in my life has come from bikes. Like even my wife is into bikes, but she wasn't into bikes when I met her, which is pretty cool. That's interesting. So We'll have to have her on the podcast to tell that story. (laughs) <laughs> yeah for sure i can tell you how she got into bikes quickly if you wanted to like. yeah so first tell everybody i'm sure most people know and follow her but tell everybody who your wife is and, and what's uh, the story behind that so my wife is she's swedish we were an american no an australian accent <laughs> um yeah it's lisa kiddo off the gram I guess the famous bike model, as people refer to her, but she actually rides her bike. She just doesn't take pictures of the time when she's riding, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but other than that, no. Um, I think if you follow her on Instagram, you get a feel that she actually rides her bike. Because I don't, I don't, not, yeah, not, not a lot of yeah. people that are bike models are riding rollers in their kitchen, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's definitely not. Um yeah, oh, I met her in Australia, I guess, just off scene, into the same music, she's into metal, metalcore and stuff like that, like, her favourite band is, like, the Amity Afflection, so we had that in common, because they're one of my favourites, and then, um, I think I got kind of deported back out of Australia when we first met, <laughs> which is another story, <laughs> anyway, I somehow managed to wiggle my way back in six months later, and yeah, she's still keen, she's wanting to date me and stuff, and Anyway, we went on a big, massive European road trip, if you like. And I was like, look, we got to go to Germany. There's a big, big race. It's the rad race, last man standing. And we and we went. And it was awesome. It was one of the best weekends ever. And she, did, she was expecting literally bikes going around in a car park. I'm like, no, it's going to be like a fucking punk rock concert. It's going to be insane. And it is insane. It's one of the best experiences anyone can have if you're into bikes. Rad Race does the coolest stuff. I've never been to any of their events, but I love talking to him, and I love like all of the events that Rad Race does. It's like, uh, for, for oh, my my whole year when I was in Germany, um, I was working as the social media marketing guy. So I worked for Rad Race for uh, over a year. Oh, nice. So yeah. I was supposed to go on. Um, I was supposed to go on the tour to friends. I think in twenty. 20- 18 and i ended up having like a lot of personal stuff happen that summer and i wasn't able to go shit i i actually rode that tour to friends 2018 oh i was supposed to be there we would have have been hanging out yeah i was riding it with um with my friend derek from australia who owns ftw crew nice yeah i was gonna do a whole save the track bike uh series on tour to friends and I was going to go ride on a road bike, but still report on it. <laughs> the fu- that's the funny thing. That that particular year, there was 500 riders, but only one guy on a track bike, and he did it. Like His name was 
Sahar, and he was from Israel, and he's the most insane fucker you've ever met in your life. And Amazing. he's the best guy. He's just constantly got a smile. He's in complete pain. He's like, have you got a beer with the biggest smile on his face? I love it. <laughs> uh, that, guy, that guy just brings me the vibes. So I really like him. Nice. We'll have to have him on the show too. No, for sure. Yeah. And then the, the, the second year when I was working for Rad Race, he was riding and then he brought his road bike. And I was like, oh, you've, you've learned your lesson. <laughs> and, but yeah, I just, I just go back quickly to, yeah, Lisa literally went to this event. She was welcome with open arms. She had her eyes. She looked at this particular bike. It was the Chinelli Parallax, the blue one. And then she was like, don't know what it is, but I like it. Six months later, we bought her that bike, and the rest is kind of history. So, and now she is what she is now. She's only been riding for about three and a half years, I think. Three years. Nice. But she loves it. Like, that's one of her... We're on video right now, but I don't think people in the podcast are going to see, but most of her bikes are just behind me in the hallway there. So list off all the bikes that you're riding right now. Me? Just myself? Or that are in your house right now. (laughs) In the house right now. Okay, we can do that. There is a Tinelli Tuto set up single speed. The Tinelli Mash work frame set up as single speed. Uh, two KHS aero track frames, the blue one and an orange one. There is a Chinelli Superstar road bike, a Factor One road bike, a Chinelli Side Deco, Brooklyn Machine Works, a Chinelli Veltrix, a Chinelli Parallax, two Vigorellis. That's what I've got so far. Amazing. There's one that's you know, the white Vigorelli and the black steel Vigorelli with the sparkle. That's, that's my one. I think I think that's everything. Nice. <laughs> Which bike are you riding the most right now? Riding the most, definitely, definitely the Brooklyn for sure. Like Lisa bought that me for my birthday a year a year ago. Yeah, it's been my most used bike this. That that one under factor, which is my awesome stupid road bike. That's I don't know what's that ten grand or eleven grand retail. It's so stupid how much they are. Wow. So I'm curious to get your view on um, racing and kind of the competitive side of fixed gear. Personally, I, so I've raced quite a few things um, in the past. You know, I've, I've done, I've done like Thunder Crit here in London. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I haven't heard of that one. So Thunder Crit is basically, I would say it would be our version of like a Mission Crit. Like, you know, it's kind of like once a year, but I think they tried to do it like four times a year, but it didn't work this year, obviously for certain reasons um, and i think it's the biggest race here in in england um yeah it, it attracts the same sort of red hook cricks crowd you know stefan Schaefer will turn up and just destroy everyone so that's always <laughs> fun <laughs> so that and then and then you've got like all of the ex-pros as well um i like to give racing a crack but i don't like to train for it um i'd be probably the first one at the bar rather than the first one through the finishing line if that makes sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally so I, I, i'm there for the culture and the party and you know i'm not the, i'm not a very good racer no i'm not i don't really do that many tricks i just like riding and i'll just it's like skateboarding i can do a kickflip here and there and stuff like that but i was in that culture for 10 plus years and it's just a the the people that it attracts are the people i want to surround myself around so inspiring artistic beautiful people from all walks of life, you know, from the messenger scene to 
professional cycling to so on and so on. And I think it's just, I like being around them kind of people because it inspires me to, to do better in the way I live my life, if that makes sense. I don't know what I'm trying to say there, it but I think, it, I think it kind of makes sense. It's the sort of people I just, I want to be around, to be honest. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, I feel like it's the same for a lot of people that I've had on the podcast. It's the same for me. And it's the same for a lot of the people that I've met that haven't been on the podcast yet. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's very it's a very similar thing that um, you know I like anytime I've done races, it's always been for me. You know? Yeah, it's I been agree. like a challenge that maybe I gave myself. Um, and I think since I've done the podcast last, I I haven't done any bike races. I was signed up for two gravel races that got canceled because of COVID. But the past year, I've ran, like, three half marathons. And I've done some trail running races and stuff. And, like, and I was never planning on winning those, you know. And that's pretty widely known in a, in a, in a marathon. And I think that that could be brought over to cycling, too. That, like, a lot of times when you race, it's just for you, you know. Yeah, for sure. Because um, especially in a marathon, you have the elites way at the front. And then you have like twenty thousand other people that are just trying to finish, you know. Exactly, yeah. Like I have joined since I moved to London. I have joined a race team. Um, <laughs> they have the name; it's very suiting of fixed beers. Nice. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> um, and I, I love these guys. You know, because they're, they're trying to give racing a crack. They do have some really good races, but it's also just a case of like, just have some fun. But the best thing about the fixed beers thing for me is that they have this community ride every other Thursday down at the cathedral in London. And that's where it starts off. And I think the last one we did before a lockdown, over a hundred riders, easy, easy. It was insane. Um, and the guy that does it, Fraser, he generally takes you on like these mad, the maddest routes around London. You've never seen London like the way he will show you. So I, I love that side of it. So yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, it's, it's def- definitely the community side. But if you ever come to London, you I have will. to hit up the fixed beers. You have to hit up the fixed beers because that's what happened to to me and Lisa and I. We came to London, we hit them up, and they put on a special ride for us just to show us around. I was like, "Yo, we guys, we're coming. We need to ride." Yeah, it was it was hectic. Like 20, 20, 30 riders that night. I think it was like two years ago now, and I just have to give them a, a special mention because they've been really, really good to me and. They're a really, really good community. So if you ever come, anyone ever comes to London, just hit up Fixed Beers and you've got a ride and a bunch of friends for life. Yeah. I also just joined a, a race team, but it's a cyclocross team. So, But one of the things they want to do is bring, since we're in the Midwest over here and we have a lot of grass, they want to do a grass track race. <laughs> grass track race. Which that could work. Which is a no, it's a thing. I didn't even know it's a thing in the Midwest where they they just put lines on the grass and and it's a big oval and it's very similar lines to a velodrome, but there's just no banks. You just like race around the grass in a circle on track bikes. <laughs> That'd be a nightmare, but I kinda love it. Uh, yeah, I, I that's how I felt. I was like, that's gonna suck, but I'm definitely gonna do it. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> um Okay, so Let's get into a little bit of a lightning round. Uh, steel, carbon, aluminum. Aluminum with the carbon fork. 
is my go-to. But I do love the feel of steel. Macaframa or mash? Mash. But I and I and I, and, I, and people are gonna really hate me for this, but I, I prefer the mash 2015 over the older one. I think the newer one's just beautiful. The new one's amazing, and like, it's insane. The little gravel roads they do, and and plus like wide bars. I mean, it's just the best trend that ever came to track bikes. <laughs> I agree. I'm, I'm I'm a massive mash fanboy, and I'm really really hoping they put another um, full length together as soon as possible. Same, same. Um, premium Rush or Quicksilver? Oh, I've watched Premium Rush more times than I've seen Quicksilver. Reasonable. So maybe that gives you your answer. <laughs> I think I think Premium Rush is everyone's hangover guilty pleasure. Yeah. And yes, I own it on DVD somewhere. Nice. Same, I do too. <laughs> um, dirt Road Velodrome. Road, every day. Same. Um, city, country, mountain. City. Nice. Because in the country, you don't know where the next pub is. That, that's true. <laughs> uh, I think and that's... In the mount- and not the mountains, because nobody is Patrick Seabass. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> going to pick a couple of videos to talk about um, yeah for i think we'll end up talking about videos a lot because i think you know i'm a filmmaker that's my background um yeah and like skate videos bike videos like they've always been the thing that like whenever i'm into something that it's like my go-to um so yeah what's your favorite what are a couple of your favorite videos right now that you want to shout out um, I'm really any slumworm edit basically. You know, he's always just putting them out there. But there's actually a kid coming out of um, Hamburg. Um, it's called Kirby. It's called FXD Kirby on Instagram, and he's managed to get hold of like I don't know if it's his friend or he hires him, but he's got a friend who's like a, a drone. Um, what do you call him? Not a drone driver, but a racer. So it's like all them hectic angles, and some of the footage that he's getting with this uh, drone racer is insane. Um, uh, I, I love watching them. And he's got them like going through the seats, uh, streets of Hamburg. Fix Kirby. Uh, Kirby is actually, um, I think he's a rad race mechanic, so it sort of goes hand in hand somehow. But I don't know if you, if you can see them, or if you've got them up there. Which one? FX Deke. Let, let me... Let me get it quickly. Like he's been doing a bunch of them. They're insane. Well, while you do that one, I'm gonna shout out. There's one on. Um, it's on Vimeo. It came out like six months ago, but it's called "Fixed Up a Terrible Idea," and okay, it was this person in Denver that um, they're a bike courier, and yeah. they Everested on a track bike on one of my favorite climbs in right outside of Denver called uh, Lookout Mountain. Okay. And they Everest on a track bike and it's just a really fun video. It's like it's a good little short film and you know like just Everesting up Lookout Mountain on a track bike and it took all day and it was uh you know painful and also just really cool that they did it. So 
That's hectic. Yeah. I'll I, send you that I video. You have to that. see it. You have to see it. It's really good. For sure. I, I just I just sent you the link for that uh, Fix Kirby dude on WhatsApp. I actually watched today um, an, a random, like when I was working, I'm working from home like everyone else, so I was just putting something on in the background. I watched something on YouTube today actually called Red Light Go, and it's like an old courier, fixed gear courier film from New York, I think it is. I think it was super interesting to listen to people's uh, ideas from the early 2000s. So I thought that was a really, really good, it's a really good watch. And don't be offended because it's bloody sexist as hell, but it's a good watch just to understand people's mindsets 20 years ago. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to also shout out um, the 2015 Nash video just because go watch it. It's, go revisit it. It's so good. I think my favorite, I forget the riders, but there's two of them. One of the guys are on the KHS aero track, and it's just like some sludgy doom metal in the background. It's, I thought that was one of the best scenes I've ever seen. I've never heard music. Well, I have heard music like that, but I've never heard it put together in a commercial way. I'm just like, this is amazing. You guys smashed it. Yeah. I definitely think there's more videos to talk about. Um, and so I think that we should just make this a segment, like just shout out videos that we like on each on each episode. I think so too. I guess I just did watch the new. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I know one of my friends on Instagram told me to watch it. I didn't know that it came out. One of my friends on Instagram watched it and told me they hated it. It was like the worst thing they've ever seen. I didn't think it was as bad as as what they said. <laughs> But okay. I, I do have some mixed feelings, but it is Patrick Seabase's new film, The Unbreakable, where the break oh, is yeah. a break, you know? But, I, saw, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I'm curious. I really like Patrick. I've never met him, so I don't know why I'm saying him like I know him. <laughs> but I, anyway, I really like his I, older videos. They got me pretty stoked back in the day. But I love his it, videos. I love me his too. videos. So. I really like him. And he comes from like the skate punk background as well. There is a small documentary. It's red. If you can find it, you will find it. But he's like, I think he was like pretty much semi-professional skateboarder at one point. Mm. So which is interesting. And I love the fact that he's like, I think he's over 40 now and he's still pushing a fixed gear up mountains. Yeah. I did. Like, I thought that it wasn't him that I didn't like about this video. I just think it was the filmmaking for me. Yeah. But I think I it's just, worth watching. I thought it was worth watching. And plus the the climbs that he does are pretty intense. I think it's just the – I think for me it was just the filmmaking. Because the other one they did for Red Bull where he did that stage of the Tour de France from uh, – Yes, that was awesome. That one was killer. That was so good. And I think it was just a better director behind it. Like I don't think it really had anything to do with Patrick himself. I just think it was a better filmmaker that made that one. I wonder if he's the only guy in the Swiss Alps just doing this on track bikes. I don't know. It's it's crazy. I think it's fun though. It's fun. He seems to be if you're born in the mountains, you just could be good at climbing at the end of the day, aren't you? So Yeah, for sure. I've done a couple of climbs on track bikes and it's hard and fun. But I think it was two thousand and fourteen or fifteen, the Tour de France passed through Yorkshire in the UK. Um, a bunch of me and my friends rode track bikes from Manchester to go and watch that segment. That was brutal. Absolutely brutal. It wasn't going up, it was coming down. Oh, yeah. It's the descending. <laughs> yeah. 
especially when you're descending from like a Tour de France segment where there's like thousands of other road bike riders all descending with you and you've got no brakes. I've just got locked legs. I'm just, I'm on like a 17, 20% gradient. I'm just going down. I ain't stopping. I'm just going to rip through this tire. Any minute it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see. I just now got my track bike here, but Omaha like is surrounded by a lot of flatland, but Omaha itself is super hilly. Like there are some steep grades, um, so I'm interested to see how I fare on my ride today after we record. Yeah, you'll be right. You've had a beer, you'll be fine. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah, it's early where I am, so. All right, that does it for this episode of Save the Track Bike. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. Um, super stoked on this new format. Really happy to be working together with Joshua on this one, and we hope you guys enjoy it too. Yeah, so we'll be back with uh, more episodes, uh, different topics, and interviews with uh, people all around uh, that are inspired by and riding fixed gear bikes. Hopefully more global content this year, this year. Exactly, yeah. I'm super stoked that we have you know me here in the midwest of the united states and then you out there in london and and doing just uh just kind of making this like a worldwide podcast so uh if you want to follow us on instagram hit us up at save the track bike you can also visit us at uh save the track bike.com um yeah check it out it's gonna be it's gonna be updated over the next coming months and we're gonna try and feed as much content through that as possible yeah and then uh, if you have any suggestions for episodes or you just want to reach out, hit us up at savethetrackbike at gmail.com. And you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Joshua LeBure. And myself is at Chris FXD. All right. Until next time. See y'all later. Bye.